Hello. Hello. Welcome to, Welcome to another, another exciting exciting episode of the Cast. I'm Anthony. I'm Anthony. We're here with, We're here with Kevin Minto. Kevin Minto. Say hi, Kevin. Say hi, Kevin. Hey guys. Hey guys. Say goodnight, Kevin. Say goodnight, Kevin. Good work. Kevin actually stopped at my house today when he was driving through to, to 
drop off cell phone related items to me. So I'm just mm -hmm. kidding. Everyone knows I have to make fun of Kevin just because he's Kevin. But uh, Zach, you had a question. Do. You want to know if you were sounding all right? Yeah, do, you I sound sound okay? do I sound echoey? I think you sound lovely. Thank yeah, you. that sounds great. That's what Zach, I you have a very nice voice. Crisp and clear. Steve was just doing a test. Okay. Sounds good. So, so Zach, we're, we're, happy, we're happy to have you here. Um, how are you feeling? Nervous? A little, Not too bad. You know? I've public speaking before. Not too much, but a little bit. All right, just what I try to let, just don't look at Kevin's face because it really makes it difficult. I try to just uh, <laughs> I'm tough to look at. I get it. If he, if he's in my bottom right hand corner, I'm staring up at my top left, and you're that's where you are. So I'm good with that. What was that okay. type so, specimen thing? You're the type specimen for for humans, like average <laughs> size, white male, two daughters, balding. No, I'm not balding. I'm bald. This is gone. Yeah, no, it's not totally. You're not Mr. Clean Bald. You're Hopefully close. soon. Wait, is that natural or do you shave it? So I have a straight up Costanza going on if I wait three days. Yeah, so I, I, great. I, I shave it in the shower every day. Oh. Costanza, so that that's fantastic, man. Well, there's your Halloween costume if you want. I, I'm going to send you some photos in a little bit that it's going to blow your mind. Okay, you prove it. You, you, you don't need to. Steve, can I send you a picture and you can put it on, on air? Don't talk to Steve. He's not actually there. Nobody can see him. Sorry. He's doing it out of habit. He's always with us, even in spirit. Even in spirit. Yep. Yeah, speaking of spirit, uh, my, my lighting is ominous. Hey, <laughs> we have a... What are you? Are you going to a question already? No, we got Greg's Turtle Haven on. He's open. Uh, I think he's still in Thailand. So that's pretty awesome. We got visitors from all over the world right now. No kidding. Oh, man. Turtle pimping all over what the world. What time is it in Thailand? That's a good question. Ask them. Uh, we also have Adventure 845. Oh, 7 a.m. in Thailand. And Adventure 845 and Adventure 846 is here. So, first of all, I want to thank Zach for waiting patiently right now, staring at us and thinking, what the heck are these guys doing? <laughs> That's number one. But before we move on to Zach, I want to just, we were just talking about Steve, who, again, is behind the scenes right now. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Wizard of Oz reference. Thank you very much. Um, he, thank you. Thank you. Got him. That as, many, as many movie references as we can before the end of this. Um, Steve, uh, has really played an important role on the podcast, on the podcast, our podcast, and has, um, he, we kind of brought him on, and I, I just wanted to talk for a second to bring this one in, because it's kind of a, and it's a good one to do it, because we have one of our own on, Zach, who is, you know, a member of the Turtle Room, you see him with the Turtle Room t-shirt on right now, and um, the podcast is something that we're very proud of, but we've been having some struggles with lately, so we're trying to work through it, um, as I mentioned, and uh, just to talk about the history of it for a second. So it started off, um, John and I, the first time that we did a podcast, we recorded it in my basement together, and then like episode two through four were recorded in a Toyota Tercel parked in a commuter lot <laughs> off the highway. <laughs> did the police come? No, no, it was great. We we're just it's hilarious because like I'm six eight, he's six nine, and we're sitting there in this little car, this little hoopty of a car that was his girlfriend's at the time. She's now his wife. Um, so we, you know, John and I kind of started it and somewhere around episode nine, I think we went to the video platform 
and we asked Steve to come on because Steve is a whiz at anything um, technical. At anything. And, at anything, right? Anything. Um, and he really helped us a lot. And we ended up having Amanda on for several episodes as like a third host, but then John couldn't make it all the time with changes at work, and then Amanda couldn't make it all the time. And it ended up being Steve and I for a while. And um, he really stepped up and became a really good host of the show. Um, and then we ended up adding Kevin to kind of help with things, and we're developing and figuring things out as we go. Um, but now with the new platform, it's become really, really difficult to kind of make everything work. And if you've watched any of the recent episodes, you've seen the echoes and stuff like that. It's been really, really frustrating and annoying for us. And so that's the reason for the new change. We're really excited to have Chris on. And Chris is like the like the Steve Martin. What Steve Martin is to SNL is like what Chris is to the podcast. So I don't know if that's something that you've looked at for as a distinction in your life, Chris, or if you realize that we've had you on more than anyone. But I think for other yeah, guests... Yeah, like, there's been a few, yeah. I feel like maybe Ralph... I can't remember if Ralph's been on twice or three times. I know he was on, on video once. He was on a phone call once. That's two that I know of. I don't think he was like video on one thing, just audio. Okay. No, I, I we did one video when I went to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Ralph's been on a couple times. We had Steve Rose on, on two or three times, but Chris has been on like six times. So you're like the John Goodman, Steve Martin. Yeah, you've been on a lot. So... Anyway, uh, really excited to have him here. We have really good dialogue. Not that you could tell from everyone just staring at me as I talk right now. Oh, we're uh, just giving uh, you room and space. Yeah, we're, we're looking for, I need room and space. I know. I, I do. Did I ever tell you this story that when I was in college, um, I played basketball? Believe it or not, now people ask me if I played football, which is that's when you know you really let yourself go. <laughs> and like, they, you were a basketball player, but they're like, man, did you play you a nose tackle? No. They take a good look at you and they say, man, you either play football now or you're really into turtles. <laughs> you're really into buffets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So your freshman year, when you don't have any stats yet, they would put like the coach's comments. And mine was just, Anthony is a space eater. <laughs> Everyone else's was so good. It's like, uh, you know, has great skills around the basket and, you know, is a tremendous passer and knows, you know, knows the game, blah, blah, blah. I'm a space eater. Basically, this guy's here because he's huge. That's a good That's superhero it. name. Yeah. Space eater. Sounds like space eater, right? Hey, why don't you get in, uh, get, call Jordan up, get on Space Jam 2. <laughs> Headphones out. Talking with my hands. Okay, so before we put Zach to sleep all the way, hi Zach, how you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm also okay. Not quite better than okay, but also okay. Um, I'm so great. Thanks for asking. Nobody asked you, Kevin. Exactly. What's you? You, you, over here. you knew if you spoke up, I was going to say that. Yeah. Gosh, get it together. Can you? I think can Steve I has the picture, by the way. Yes, yeah, sir. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any questions for Zach? No. I have tons of questions, Zach. But I talk to Zach regularly. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Good. Thanks. So, can I talk now? Or are you going to interrupt me again? Shows yours, pal. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. 
<laughs> so Zach, Zach, you um, you do the social media work for the Turtle Room. So yes, all those great some. posts that people are seeing, you do some of it, yeah, yeah. But you are intimately involved in, and um, have been doing it probably for the longest out of probably ever, right? Besides the rest of us who don't really do anything anymore and probably did. How long was the last person that did it on that I took the place of? I don't know. We'll have to ask Steve. Okay. Was, was that Amanda? Yeah. Was that Amanda? I thought we weren't going to name drop, Kevin. Gosh. Host or something. Get it together, man. I regret going to your house today. You know that? <laughs> I, my wife was scared for her life when you showed up. Yeah. So I, who the hell is this George, George Costanza-looking guy knocking on the door right now? Mm-hmm. Thick wallet. Wait, wait till that picture pops up. It's going to change the world. Okay, we'll see. The picture just of your opinion. just your opinion of me, anyway. Well, and next time you drop by my house unannounced, wear some pants. She says, "Weird George Costanza <laughs> guy, it's a boxer shirt outside trying to." Put I stuff can't drive with box. pants on, man. What am I supposed to do? Connecticut, you guys are all weird in Connecticut. So, oh man, what is, is that? Wow! Uh, Can everybody see that? What the hell is that? A sad old man. No, no, I was very young there, actually. That was a Halloween party. Oh, oh no, no, an ugly sweater party. Excuse me, ugly sweater party. Well, people can see this right now, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm on live. I don't see it popping on the screen. Uh, I, I really hope yeah, no one can see it. People really don't know what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, nobody can see it. Terrific. Steve says he knows why. Steve says he knows why. He go. He gonna do it again. Coming up soon, guys. Is it? Stay tuned. I don't know. Hopefully. Can people see it now? Okay, for anyone who's not seeing, because we're a good radio host, <laughs> this is a picture of Kevin Minto dressed how I see him in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the George Costanza haircut and. An awesome mustache. Where'd you get the Thanks. glasses? Where'd you get the Dwight Schrute glasses? There we go. It's on the screen. Uh, those were my father's. This is actually what my father looks like. I, is that mustache real? I had a beard in the earlier on in the day. Wow, man! So I just shaved it down. That's that's fantastic. That's authentic. Were, that's moving. There were many progressions through the night. It changed a I'm, lot throughout the night. I've never loved you more. Yeah, yeah. I. I uh, I, I don't. I don't know what to say. One thing, if you don't know about me already, guys, you, you've all seen me many times. I don't really get embarrassed by anything, so I just go for it to have fun. That's why I mess with you because yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's awesome. There's nothing better than a person <sighs> who you can make fun of and and they laugh with you, and that's who I try to be, and that's who you are too. That's why I love you, Steve. That picture's still on the screen. If you want to take it off, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> starting to sweat. I don't need screen grabs for the world to see, you know? Mm-hmm. I become a meme. Awesome. Wow. I, I, I want to have that as like my avatar photo on Facebook. How about this? I think I'll put it on a canvas print and send it to you, okay? Oh my gosh, can that be the turtle room? Like, avatar on Facebook? Maybe just on like the first day of uh, April 1st, April Fool's. <laughs> 
That is awesome. Okay, so here's the thing. I want to talk to Zach, and you guys keep messing me up. This is all okay. you, man. This is, this all is you. not all me. This, this is not all me. I'm, this is I'm the only you. one trying I am the Zach. only one trying to talk to Zach. Zach, right can I ask now. you a question? You may. Yes. How are you doing right now, in this moment? I already asked him that. I asked him, you asked how you're doing overall. I'm asking in this moment. Who has seniority? Who do I answer? Uh, Anthony, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Please! I'm the uh, man on the totem pole. <laughs> Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Doing well. Thank you for recognizing the clowns in the room and mm -hmm. who you should actually talk to. I love this. Yeah, man, as long you're having fun. So we've been really pleased with what's been happening with um, the Turtle Room social media stuff. And um, it's an important job, and it's one that you have done really well. Um, what, do you think, what do you think is your secret, or what are some of the uh, tools of the trade that have been helpful for you? So I guess I've always really liked education and educating people. Um, and I guess some of the things, most of the things that I try and touch on, I guess more frequently, are problems that I've seen often within the hobby, um, or that I'm asked at work. Um, I'm an aquarist, and I, I service a few turtle tanks, and people ask me, you know, um, why does this turtle have a sore? Or can turtles hear me? Um, what do turtles eat? Are there different kinds of turtles? Um, can this turtle swim? I've gone to houses and there's been a 40 gallon breeder filled with water and there's a baby sulcata treading for its life. So the difference between, you know, a turtle and a tortoise, um, those kind of things. And then there are other things that I like to touch on that are more in-depth. Um, the things that Honestly, when I'm writing the post and I'm doing research, I'm learning. Um, you know, the, the specifics, the, the fine details, um, the wavelength of ultraviolet light that needs to penetrate the skin to be able to convert pro-vitamin D into bioavailable vitamin D, those kind of things, little nitpicky things that I like to learn. No one else on Earth may like to learn that. Um, but I think it's cool, and I also like to touch on the kind of basic stuff. And I like to do a broad spectrum as well. Uh, I learned this I as much as I hope anyone else is. Well, I think that's important. What you know, what you said right there is that you know you like to learn. Okay, so that that's so important for social media because your 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 need and want to learn and your interest in learning is being filtered out. You know, to the public. You know. <coughs> That's what people are getting. And, you know, earlier tonight, before we got started here, we started to touch a little bit on this. And I wanted to actually target a few of the specific social media posts that you've done for us. And this all starts with, you know, it, like Anthony said, this is a big, big deal. It's a big job. You know, everything is social media now. Okay, everything. You, you know, you screw up once, the whole world knows. You, yeah. you know, you, you want to put the right information out there. You want to look like a hero. Uh, you know, the, the whole thing. So what's great is that we're, we're doing a little bit of everything with, with the social media here, but some of your posts in particular are really just kind of spelling out education to people. And that's great because you could put 
a colorful or cute animal in your hand, whether it's a baby turtle or a salamander or, or whatever it is, and you don't have to say a word. You just post it. And you're going to get two, three, four thousand likes. Nobody stops to think about what it is. Even if you put it in the ha you know, hashtag baby sulcata tortoise, whatever. People are still, oh my gosh, what kind of turtle is that? You know, if, if they even take the time to say that. But you're getting that like, you're getting that share. Oh my gosh, this is so cute. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. But there's still so much outdated information out there. So many people stay, say, still saying who, what, where, why, how, when. Because nobody's taking the time to read. But what's great is some of these posts are actually drawing people in. And I, I also think it's some of the images that you're choosing. One of them was the um, turtles giving back. Okay, with the shells. Okay. Oh yeah. You know, you know you're scrolling down, and you, all of a sudden you see, you know, a part of a turtle shell, and now you know you've got one side of the fence that that might be like, oh my god, what happened to that turtle? And you know, you're so terrible. What did you do to it? Maybe. Okay. But a lot of people, myself, stop to read that. Okay. And it's great. It's awesome. You know, people are taking away from that when these animals die. You know, it's kind of like the, the Lion King thing with the, you know, the antelope eat the grass. You know, when, when a lion dies, it becomes the grass. The turtle's shell, important part of, you know, calcium, a squirrel's chewing on it, another animal is chewing on it. And even turtles do that, or tortoises do that in, in a certain sense. You know, a lot of European tortoises, and I'm sure other types of tortoises, they come across the discarded bone of something, or even a snail shell, they're eating it. They're getting their calcium from there. So it's that you know, you know um, um, cycle that, that's going on there. And this is the kind of stuff that's important for people to know. And even with um, um, the nitrogen cycle one that you did, okay, um, this kind of stuff that when you really, you know, enter into keeping any kind of animal, a lot of people don't stop to write that stuff down first. Okay, oh, I grabbed a book. Well, when, that, when was that book written? 1956? Right, yeah. You know, before we even knew that there were X amount of subspecies of this or, you know, you know, so my, my whole takeaway from that is it's so important. Just take two seconds. You're already on social media. You're already scrolling. Okay. Step away from the look at my baby turtle, even though I'm guilty of those posts too. And, and read posts like this because they're, they're really, they're great. You know, the, the phylogenetic niche uh, conservatism one that you did too. Okay. You, tell us what that is. Phylogenetic niche conservatism? Yes. <laughs> um, if, anybody if anybody didn't read that, maybe they'll take it away from this. Watching you say it, you know. Nerd alert. There you go. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. I mean that as a compliment. Don't get me going on opera. Uh, <laughs> so, so phylogenetic, right? Let's break it down. Like genetic tree, whatever. How it all works. Niche means small, uh, pinpointed. Conservatism, conservative. So it's contained. It's I guess also pinpointed in a way, mm -hmm. um, unchanging, it's unburied, right? So if you have a population of anything really, um, humans, right? You can use humans as an example. Um, people in, I believe it's either Sweden or Norway or Finland, one of those um, countries up there, they have the most blue eyes of any country on earth. Like, the majority of the population has blue eyes, and it's because all of their ancestors had blue eyes, right? They, they've just had blue eyes and blue eyes and blue eyes and blue eyes and blue eyes, and it's just been passed down. Um, if you look at the presence of um, lactose and lactase um, in not only the community, but in 
the population of humans themselves. Um, so in, I don't want to stereotype, um, but so Chinese culture or um, Asian culture, they don't really drink that much milk, or they do drink milk, but they don't eat cheese because mm -hmm. cheese is spoiled milk, mm -hmm. right? Um, and they don't really drink much milk either. They never really had the whole dairy thing. But if you look at Europeans, um, they have relied on milk for since the dawn of time. And in their gut, they have the enzyme lactase. And that enables them to be able to break down milk products and, and use it and not become violently ill from doing that. Um, and turtles and tortoises do that too. If you have a small population of, like we had the um, Sonorensis, uh, yeah. like the Sonoran musk turtle. Mm -hmm. um, they look and act similar and they have a small niche and most of them, if not all of them, have incredibly similar features because they have been so isolated to that small part of river for so long that their genetics are incredibly close and don't vary that much. Right. Traits shared within a population. So. That was really long. I'm very sorry. No, 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 no. It, it's good. It's good. This, this is the kind of stuff that people need to know. So what you're basically, you know, to put it in layman's terms, basically what you're talking about is... A, a group of animals that have, you know, um, uh, passed on specific traits, right, to their offspring in a given, basically in a given location. So it's almost like a, lo like, like a locality thing, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that kind of stuff is and should be interesting to any kind of an animal keeper, you know what I mean? Or, or if you don't have, you don't have to actually keep them. Let me, let me, you know, start there. You could just be researching them in the field. And that's something, again, that's something that really hit me because I'm someone who is completely invested in, you know, mentally and physically and every other aspect into why these animals look this way from here and why these animals look this way from there. And, you know, Steve will tell you all the time, like I'm trying to, cause even with like the genetic stuff that I've done, I'm still learning because we're all still learning. And, and there's a million things I don't understand. And I'll get on the phone with Steve and I'll be like, can you tell me what the hell this means? You know? And it's because I'm so desperate to understand what, why, you know? And I, back in 2015, I did some genetic work with the genetics department out in the Henry Dorley Zoo. And I asked a question similar to that. I said, is it stupid that I'm, you know, that we don't, really understand why you know certain things are happening she said to me no it's it's really not it's not it's it's the point of learning so that brings me back to the initial thing that i was trying to say here is that what these educational posts are so important and it doesn't matter if the the social media group that you're following is turtles or bears or a, a clean way of cooking or uh you know you're a, a, being an aquarist whatever you know what i mean it's people need to take two steps back and just stop and read because you should do it every day. You might take something away from that, you know, and, and it's a, goes a long way from just looking at a picture of an animal or a marble or something in somebody's hand, you know. So it's, it's easier said than done, though, right? Because so yeah. the Turtle Room has how many followers on Facebook? 23,000? Oh, it's 30-something, right? Is, is it 30? On Instagram, it's 31.7. I don't know about Facebook. 31,000 on Instagram? Yeah. Yep, we're, get, we're, get, we're getting real numbers. Stand by. We're getting real numbers. 22,000 22, 22, on Bookface. Look at that. 
Yeah, so, but, but my point being, so whether it's 31 on Instagram or 22 on Facebook, it's a it's a good amount of followers. Not well, to pat us down. Ten thousand there. Yeah. Who said ten thousand? You said, that might be YouTube. 10, yeah, yeah. Some uh, people don't use Facebook because they don't like all the rants. Aha, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a uh, I have a question from the chat. I was, I, I was saying something. Oh, uh, sorry. It's not time for Minto's mailbag yet. God, Minto's mailbag. Jeez. Exactly for you, Anthony. So that's what we were going to call it. Point yeah, that. I, 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 I think should. I just spoiled that. I like that one. I like that. Minto's time for Minto's mailbag. I'm gonna, we're gonna play it the same way every time. It's gonna be great. Um, but what I was saying is, before I was rudely interrupted for like a third time on this podcast by George Costanza over there, is <laughs> I'm so sorry. I love Kevin Minto so much. I really, I sound like I hate you, and I just love you so much. And I'm not being sarcastic. Uh, anyway, I really do like a lot, but I just think it's feelings mutual, buddy. If if we have a riff on the show, I feel like it does better. Um, people enjoy people enjoy a bully and want to see them lose. Um, so, root for me to lose. Um, so, when you have that many people subscribing, it's easier than to do the educational posts that we're talking about. Because when you're just starting out and you try to make educational posts and you put all this time into it, it's the same thing with the videos on YouTube. They just get less traction. And it's unfortunate because those are that's the good content that you want people to see, but people aren't looking for that. And Chris, you know, with all of your followers, yep, yep. you put up a picture of the hatchling diamondback terrapin or the hatchling box turtle or tortoise or whatever, and people are just drooling over it and sharing it like crazy. Yeah, that so, one, so cute. you know, th- that one picture of that baby diamondback hatching in, you know, when I'm, I'm like holding it like this or whatever, you know, that picture got shared so many times, I, I, I'm talking on like, I think Nat Geo shared it, Discovery shared it, but none of them, none of them put anything educational behind it. And I don't even think they put the species behind it. One, one big account, it may, it may have been Discovery or something. They said, um, baby tortoise hatch, hatchling, what do you think of this? Okay. Mm. It's sad. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's we're at a time now where everybody's got these things in their hand all the time, okay? And what are we really learning from it? Unless we take the time to repost like what, what Zach's doing. And, and you know, he's he's sitting there, he's taking his you know, whether you're typing this up real quick or it's just coming to you, that doesn't matter. The fact of the matter remains you're you're putting this out there for people and it's stuff that really needs to be absorbed. And I mean exercise your brain. You know what I mean? Put down, you know, ah, Ah, somebody say something else. I'm getting mad. <laughs> Sometimes for me, like, so we'll post a, a cute baby turtle picture, right? And it'll just be maybe when I have a, a horribly long day, it'll just be a happy Monday, here's a cute turtle, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I'll spend two hours on another post on something that would could actually change the life or, or many lives of captive animals or even animals in the wild, and it gets 40 likes. Yeah, yeah. Like, to me, I, I don't know. It's it, it can be challenging sometimes. It is. It's a science, you know? and it's, there's, like, an art to it. You know, but then it is, and it always shocks me. Sometimes I'll post something, and from, from my personal perspective, I would be like, Wow, that's really cool. Even yeah, I think that's really cool. I learned something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it gets 
seven chairs because it's not cute or mm -hmm. it's not quick. Mm -hmm. um, and I've noticed with social media, you go from, so the first one from when I was around, it was MySpace, right? You had your whole page. Oh, yeah. Your, your page. <laughs> Bring it back, you know, whatever. You could, it was a whole page you could design. And then we go to Facebook, mm -hmm. which is a whole page, but it's less. It's not as in-depth. Mm -hmm. Now we have Instagram, which is a picture plus a caption, and then we have Twitter, which is sometimes a picture, and then only like, what is it, three sentences? Mm -hmm. Right. It's 280 characters. It's like, it, it gets sl smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yep. And for me, on Twitter, it's really difficult for me to be able to educate because... I only have 280 characters. Yeah. Can you really say in that? Yeah. And it's true. Like, you know, you, you do, you, you know, you can lose people, you know, depending on what, what you, what you're trying to say, you know? Um, and again, that's unfortunate, but you know, you can see why, you know, if, if there's that much being written there, like, you know, the, the attention span of our species is, is probably comparative to a goldfish at this point, you know, which is, what is that? Six seconds, you know? So, or something like that. Um, you know, and but there's there's again like an art to it. You know, you could use a photo of a cute baby turtle, you know, and 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 put something behind it, which you yeah. do. You know what I mean? I do that. You know, a lot of people do that, um, or some kind of moving quote maybe. But um, but you know, some of the some of the fun things that you've done is like the name that species. Okay, yeah. you're you're drawing people in. You're attracting them by by let's put pl let's play a game. Okay, and. You know, you put up a, an obscure photo of something, whatever species it is, and you get people to guess. And sometimes you get people arguing, but, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, you can't do anything about that. But the point is, there's a way to learn. Everybody should be open to learning, and everybody is still learning. All of us are, are, are uppers, you know, are the people that we look up to that are, you know, uh, you know, we just lost the greatest name in, in, in turtle conservation ever. We just lost Dr. Peter Pritchard, and he was still learning. You know, and he wouldn't be afraid to admit that. And, and that's OK. But, you know, take the time and uh, absorb something is basically where I was going with that whole rant. Would you like to say something, Anthony? Thanks for bringing that up. I, I, I should have led with that. But we've got so much going on with the show that I was kind of worried about how we were going to kick things off sort of thing. But absolutely. Thank you for bringing up Dr. Pritchard. Such a huge loss. But um, obviously his work will not be forgotten. So. Yeah. Um, thanks for bringing that up, Chris. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I you know, it's, uh, that was a, that was a really sad day. Yeah, it was a sad day. Yeah. That, thank you for saying that. I, <laughs> I didn't know where to go with it, but, uh, it was, you know, and, um, there was an outpour from everybody, you know, all over the world that all the people that he touched all of us, you know what I mean? In one way or another with, with just growing up on his books and the shows and the documentaries and the, Everything, you know, every, we all wanted to be him, and um, I think he would definitely be proud of some of us, you know. And uh, so, you know, to Dr. Pritchard, thank you, you know. Well said. Uh, Kevin, you said you had a question. Yeah, it was um, from Hoosier Tort. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that. Hoosier Who's, Tort, it's like a, that's a basketball movie, right? Hoosier Tort? Hoosiers? Hoosier Tort? Is, is that a planned so, word? I mean, Hoosier Tort? Who's your tort? Uh, Who's your tort? My, my tort. Well, like, who's your tort? My tort. My it's tort a, it's right? a it's a in Indianapolis thing. 
Uh, so anyway, going back to Indiana. that, Indiana. It was thing. back. It was back when we were talking about locales and how, like, you know, genetic changes and whatnot. Um, but he said, "How does this? How does this affect species like the reeds that were transplanted to Japan? You know, new environment change uh, causes genes to show up within the same species, different genes. Like you have the Japanese reeds that get way bigger than Chinese reeds. A species that's been introduced by man somewhere that evolves. Yeah. Look at certain. Well, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of examples of that." You know. It was a short period. Yeah, so uh, the, the Reeves were introduced to Japan, like, I don't know, I've heard like 400 years ago, 1,000 years ago. I'm actually trying to figure that out right now for a paper that I'm writing. But um, they they were introduced, and there's different, like, new introduced locales within Japan, so there's still, like, a lot of variation there, but... Um, generally speaking, which you know, anytime we speak in generalizations, it's uh, a risky thing, a dangerous yeah. thing. But uh, generally speaking, J Japanese reeves are thought to be like larger, to grow larger, and and to be like a darker color. So if you look at some of the um, research that was happening like before the turn of the century, like Dr. Pritchard is one who reported these larger animals from Japan and the darker coloration and stuff like that. And they'll get, they're black, even the females are black, which is really cool. Um, the males of all localities become totally black, um, melanistic as they age. Um, but it was published somewhere just after the turn of the century that the Japanese locale was actually um, introduced. I feel like it was actually 2000. I don't want to make up the, the year, maybe somewhere around 2011, but I'm just pulling that number out of, you know, where. So, um, so I don't know. I don't know what would, like what would contribute to that. We could come up with some you know, like our own hypothesis here what we think that is and obviously zach is bright and could take a crack at it too but I, I wonder if it just happens to be the animals that were brought there the conditions that they're in and and or some combination of those and other factors i you don't know. know sorry no you go you go um yeah. i i kind of feel it may have just been the animals that were brought there um, may have just been bigger and then the bottlenecking that would have happened genetically would have just made bigger animals and kept bigger animals. I could be completely wrong. It could be the colder winters, bigger animals helps them get through it. The smaller ones died. Um, I don't know, but it could be, it could be a, a, a ton of things. The main thing to, to keep in mind is that humans accelerate the, uh, the evolution process. Yeah. Whether whether we're breeding our wolves to eventually look like pugs, or we're uh, you know running over every squirrel we come in contact with until a hundred years later, squirrels are completely different than they were in the nineteenth century. Um, you know, we accelerate the evolution process and obviously accelerate the extinction process as well yeah. in several cases. Well, so I think it kind of just comes down to that. What's, uh, you know, what's interesting about, about this, too, is, you know, we talk about introduced animals um, and, every, you know, everybody's trying to think about how this happened or when it happened. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that the minute you guys said that about the Reeves um, was the Hermans tortoises found on the island of Mallorca. They were introduced over 3000 years ago. We know that. And but they have 
they've have uh, they've evolved to form such a specific looking local form there that they're actually even though they're the introduced ones they are one of the ones that stand out so mm. much that you know when you talk to other testudo enthusiasts or especially Herman's tortoise uh, lovers you know you can you can pick out a Mallorcan tortoise like that you know and I guarantee you if we were to sit here right now and educate people on what to look for on 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 that tortoise it would become like oh wow you know what I see it you know is even for me I get I get challenged all the time to you know the, these testudo species are always throwing everybody for a loop even me but you know there are specifics about those animals but unlike the reeves that are you know, said to be like, maybe you're right. Maybe they were larger to begin with, or maybe they are getting larger there because of certain environmental factors. And now they've evolved to be this way. You know, the Island of Mallorca is an Island, but there's no Island gigant gigantism. Is that what we call it? Island, the Island rule or whatever there where, mm -hmm. you know, animals are usually said to be larger on islands. And you've got some of the other islands where these tortoises are found, where they are remarkably huge, but not mm -hmm. on that. island. They're mm -hmm. the total opposite end of the spectrum. And they're some of the smallest. No, so it's Chris, like, you know, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say in this, in this factor here, uh, that's just locality, right? It's not a subspecies. There's no, no genetic difference. That is, that is the Western subspecies. They belong to a certain haplotype, which is H3, and it's called. And um, the, their ancestors derive mostly from continental Spain, you know. But, you know, the Europeans and everybody traded tortoises all back then. So who knows who, what, where, when, why, and how it, it all started there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they they are the Western subspecies and they have a certain tie to a certain haplotype. But like these reeves, they're 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 remarkable. They're they're and they particularly stand out. So at what point do genetic changes actually start happening? Because if you look at say Galapagos, right? Galapagos yeah. tortoises, they went to the Galapagos Islands and then they started factoring off into different islands, you know, uh -huh. from there. Yeah. And then they eventually the genetic changes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean again, like Zach was saying with the bottleneck, you know. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard to pinpoint some of the stuff. If I can just, um, for a moment, I'm getting an echo now. What? Uh, I'm getting an echo. Can you hear me? Yeah. I, yeah, I was just echoing pretty bad. Okay. So I want to bring a new segment and I want to remind everyone here who our guest is. And although I love Chris, he is used to being a guest on here, so don't don't so forgive him if he starts talking about uh, Herman's tortoises. Uh, You're just mad because everybody keeps interrupting you. No, we used to do we used to do <laughs> fake scouting reports for for um, my teammates in college, and um, it would be like you know could be distracted by opportunities to eat junior bacon cheeseburgers or thanks, Kev. That was great. Uh, could be that was that was awesome. Um, Sorry, could be distracted by opportunities to talk about Herman's tortoises would be your scouting report, Chris, in case anyone ever wants to just like make him drop everything. So welcome. a new segment that we talked about is basically going to be the getting to know you segment. And it's been 46 painstaking minutes or however far into this we are. Um, because I've been sitting here staring at my box of uh, bucket of popcorn here. Did you eat the whole thing already? I ate half of it before we went live. I did, and I'm staring at it, wanting to eat the rest, and it's not, like, not fresh anymore. Thanks a lot. But this is where we asked Zach, how'd you get your start? And and let me share this. The Turtle Room, when it started in that Toyota Tercel, was 
supposed to be a reptile show. And then you know how MSNBC and Fox News and all that is. You end up surrounding yourself with people who you agree with or or <laughs> share the same interests with, at least, at the very least, in, in our case. So uh, it ends up being about turtles all the time, and that's what our interest is, and that's unfortunate. Um, Chris has a couple of iguanas that he's very excited about, but we want to talk to you, Zach, about kind of where you got your start and also you know, the stuff that you're into. And it definitely does not have to be turtle centric. So ready, set, go. Okay. So I got my start in turtles. Um, five or six years ago. Um, and it was when I was working at PetSmart and I would go to feed the turtles mealworms and I would see them sitting in a bucket of their own set and it made me very sad um and i started to research and also my good friend jenny um she was my manager at the time she loved them more than anything she has i believe i believe she still has a russian um i'm not sure if she still does though but she loves tortoises and stuff, and then she got me on a kick, and then whenever there was a turtle or tortoise that would be surrendered, it was a lot of side necks, because they're, they're not the nicest to each other or anything. They would come back and be surrendered, and then that's how I got my, my first turtle. His name is Jay-Z, um, Jenny Zach for short. Um, and I still have him. He's really cool. He's uh, an African side neck. Um, Pelusius? Some kind of Pelusius. I don't know the actual species. Mm -hmm. um, but he's a beast, and he was named the cannibal because he ate a cooter. Whoa! So, that was the funniest statement ever said on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Sorry, I, saw, I had to. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I almost fell over. Um, oh, that was good. Don't mind him, folks. So, right. So that um, kind of started it, and then I would go on YouTube, and then I found Kemp Kennan, that guy. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. And he ended up, you know, he went to Chris's place, and then he went to the TSC, and then he actually ended up introducing me, not introducing me, but I learned about the Turtles for Rebel Alliance through him. Mm -hmm. And then I instantly became a member i'm like this is the coolest thing i've ever heard of i love this and i didn't even know they were that they're the second most endangered vertebrate group on earth like mm -hmm. i didn't know that nobody knows that and so I, were, were turtles your first love then um i think monitors were no kidding really wow yeah fairness cool. yeah that's awesome yeah. sorry go ahead i just needed to know that loved from a nile oh really <laughs> Yeah, I got hit rid of him real quick. Um, he was, he, well, I tried way too hard. Um, he was not worth it. Um, and they, <laughs> they're, they're real vicious. They are, evil. Yeah. they are evil. I'm a conservationist, but that is one species I would not mind going extinct. They are so mean. Oh, they will eat and just, I tried so hard. Oh, did I not. love brutal honesty right now. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Sorry, don't. But the only the only monitor I have now is a Savannah. So Savannah monitor. He's cool. You ever messed with Ackies? I have not, no. 
but I'd like to. I mean, they're dwarves, but I like the challenge. And I did snakes for a long time. So ever since I was little, I've always had a, a thousand critters. I've had got every non-venomous snake you can own, from retics to Burmese, boas, red boas, red berms, um, ball pythons, colubrids, a lot of different monitors. Never bred any monitors, they're just too big. What I love about this is I listen to reptile podcasts, and usually those folks are snake people. Uh-oh. And when I'm listening, if they ever mention a, a, a tortoise, or they'll just mention a sulcata, like in passing, and I'm like, oh, I get all excited. So <laughs> if, if there's any people out there that are, like, interested in turtles and other reptiles, like, maybe they're getting real excited right now. So don't feel like we have to keep it turtle-centric. I know I've said this several times now, but that's, that's really cool. That's, what about I, the, it's really cool. You know, I, I didn't know that about you. You know, I, I didn't expect you to say monitors first. I thought you would have said, you know, um, you wanted to talk to them about salamanders, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he's into amphibians as well. Yeah. Everything, Kodata, anything salamander or newt is like, oh, it gets me going. I love that. Um, <laughs> I love salamanders. And, and dart frogs, Dentrobatidae, they're really cool. Tree frogs, Hyla, are really neat. Um, another thing, so Nathan Hayslip, he is the lead keeper at the Turtle Survival Center. He started off as like an amphibian guy. So when I go over there, we can talk about not only Colonia, but also Varanus. So um, monitors, right? He did tons of research on monitor intelligence. They're literally the... ...training on that. And then he did a lot of amphibian stuff. And actually, when I was over there, he had some leftover amphibian stuff that he doesn't do anymore. He doesn't, he just doesn't have the time, you know, he's got the TSC to take care of. Mm-hmm. So he ended up um, giving me three of his old dark frog tanks. So you now I've got those set up with, with some dark frog species. So, That's awesome. What are, you, what are you keeping now? As far, uh, oh, as, far as what? Everything across the board. Listen, yeah. let's go right down the line. Um, in order, go. I've got one female Hillary. So we'll start with turtles. Frynops Hillary. She's about large. I don't know. Big girl, yeah. Really cool. I'm looking for a male. So if anybody has a male Hillary, I need a male Hillary. I had one a couple of years ago. Sorry. They're hard to get now. They're like, yeah. oh, it's yeah. weird. They used to be. Funny how that works with different species, yeah. You know? Yeah, so I've got a Hillary, I've got the Caracoma from y'all, so the three male, three female, and then two hatchlings. I've got the Pelusius, Jay-Z, I've got a Subrufa, she was another rescue. So that's a West African helmeted turtle, also Asian box turtles. Yep, don't worry, I'll throw the, I'll throw the commons out, that's what I always okay. do, just in I've case. Six, six Flavos from Ray Farrell. Um, Chinese box turtles. <laughs> six Anamensis from TSC. Nice. Uh, one Vietnamese dentata. I'm looking for a male. I've got two Crassicolis, both male. The female didn't make it. Mm. Uh, turtle. A couple of red-eared sliders outside. 
Well, Zach, I got a question for you from the, the actually from our buddy Jeremy Thompson. What species, what species are you not keeping that you have your eye on? Mailbag. Minto's mailbag. No, Minto's mailbag. We don't need to go down that road. Like, that's toxic road. <laughs> I thought maybe... I thought do word, next time, next time you got to do word association. First thing that comes to your mind, you know? Go. Cooter. <laughs> no. No, never been big on the cooters. Um... <laughs> Yes. Oh. Um, Best moment in the podcast history. Right? <laughs> yeah. Double entendre right that. there. I love you guys. Um, oh. oh, I really like um, some Burmese, Burmese stars. I really, really love them. I, I cannot afford them right now. <laughs> They're so expensive. Um, I would like to own and work with some radiateds too. I don't have any now. I did a little bit with um, at Zoo Atlanta. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. a good segue right there. Good mm-hmm. segue right there. Zach, mm-hmm. where are you going soon? Where are you going soon? Why are you going to Madagascar? So, a cartoon. the Turtle Survival Alliance, the TSA, um, they managed a massive confiscation of 10,000 just under 10,000 radiated tortoises in the south of Madagascar. What year was that? Was that two or three years ago? God. Uh, well, hasn't there been a f- There's been more than one, no? Or is that, are we, still, a couple. Are we still... It was 10,000, and then they found 6,000, like, a couple months later or something. Gotcha. It, it was horrible. Yeah. Um, I think I it was... Would, I would guess that that was four years ago. I if I had to guess. no? No. no. After the it was after the Palawan forest turtle. You're right. Even Raquel Latensis, which was which was well, wasn't, 15 or Wasn't it like trailing that 2017? Oh. Anyways, but they've got tons and tons and tons of radiata over there that they they, they can't release yet, you know. They want to keep them make them safe um and there have been a few people that have been kind of looking at potential release sites. Because um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know, maybe one of y'all know more than I do. Radiata don't have any kind of of subspecies or whatever, right? They're all no. just radiated, right? So yeah. it doesn't matter if you transplant a male to here, it's still the radiated tortoise. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as whether that male will survive, I, I don't know. Um, so they've got 10... I believe roughly 10,000 um, at the location that I'm going to in southern Madagascar. And twice a year, they have a few um, carefully chosen people to go over there and help their facility do general health checks, um, counts, weights, measurements, all that kind of stuff. So I'll be going over there to help with that. And when are you going? I will leave here on April, leave Atlanta on April 3rd, and I will get there on April 5th. So that's coming up quick, man. You got, you got like, a, you got a month. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So what, what are you, are you, are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you a little bit of everything? Are you terrified? Yeah. Have you got your, uh, your shots? Do what? Have you gotten shots yet? Um, I, I, I'm going, actually going to my doctor tomorrow morning about that. So, How long um, is that flight? Do what? How long is the flight? 
that's the one thing I don't like to talk about. <laughs> that's like 55 hours. Wow. Well, well I have good. a 22-hour layover in Boston. Okay. A 22-hour layover in Boston? Yeah, so. Jeez, wow. Just, just, just drive down south and hang out with me and Anthony for a couple hours. Yeah. Well, we're three hours away. Uh, don't make him travel anymore. You guys go to him. <laughs> you guys got to meet me in Boston. Show him a good we're time at the airport. Who wants to be stuck in an airport? They have a bar. Maybe I'll go. <laughs> I want to be stuck in the airport. You you can come you can come see us and then see animals. If we go and see you, then you just see us. He's going to see ten thousand radiated tortoises. I think he's good. I may sure. be on uh, the Boston Aquarium. Ray Allen said that the Boston Aquarium was really nice, so I may see that. It is, cool. it is nice. It is very nice. Very nice. What do you know from, from the Atlanta Aquarium? I don't I used know. To play in Boston all the time. You know, but. <laughs> yeah. I can't uh, roll, roll yeah. my eyes at me. Yeah, that's all you do is roll your eyes at me. Normally it's Kevin, but I'm happy you're here too. <laughs> Stop going to be over there. I will be over there. I fly out on the 18th. So I'll be over there for about oh, two days. Okay, cool. So it takes three days to get to where we're going. And then I spend roughly a week down there. And then three days to go back to the airport of the north. And then I fly home. Wow. Now, Zach, this is a, a question from the chat, uh, Mentos Mailbag, as you guys keep saying it. Thank you. Uh, He's getting there. He's getting there. He's getting there. You need a paperclip that comes on with your head on the top. Hmm? I, I missed that. Oh. Like a little Windows paperclip? Yeah. Can I help I have you a, message? I have a really good, uh, I have a really good like, emoji good. thing of myself, so I'll send that up. We'll, we'll make that work for the next one. Don't let it happen again, man. Say it from now on. No more chat. There's no chat. It's your mailbag. Let's be old school here. Okay? You got it. All right. Hold we'll on. Can we do a version with the mustache? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, throw that mustache. Okay. Uh, this is from Jeremy Thompson again. Will you have any time in the field? And if so, what do you want to see? Uh, I believe we'll be going to a national park down there, and I will have two days. I'll, I actually ended up saving like 400 bucks in flight fees. Um, flying back two days after I'll technically be done with the radiated stuff. So I want to, I mean, the dream would be to see a Conixies in the wild and also a Plowshare in the wild. I don't know if that will be possible, but those are the goals for sure. Now Madagascar has what, Zambensis? Zambensis? I don't know how to say it. No, they, they have, um, oh, That's right. Jeremy, are you, are you listening? Can you tell us what's found in Madagascar? Yeah, I thought it was Zombensis. Is it Zombensis? I thought it was... Uh, I Dil thought it was... Dilmer Guy? Dilmer Gui? Ah, I knew it wasn't. Sorry. Got excited. Shut up, Chris. But then... So at the Wait, end, you me wrong, Chris. At the end of my... Why wow, you guys are teaming up on me. Zach, continue talking, please. Sir. Um, at the end, I'll have two days um, that I'll just get to do, I guess, kind of whatever I would like to do. Um, and there's a national park that is a rainforest that I would love to go to. Yeah. Um, it's like a four, four hour drive from the capital. So they have, um, Eurodactylactus, the mm -hmm. leaf geckos. Yeah. Aspen leaf toe geckos are really big ones that like you can't even see they're on a tree. There are the injury lemurs there. Um, I believe, I believe they also have the, uh, Darwin's orchid, but it won't be blooming now. It would have bloomed in the rainy season a couple of months. No, I believe it bloomed in September 
to December area. So that won't be in bloom. Um, but it'd be cool to see the Darwin's orchid. It's a big, yeah. big white orchid. It's really pretty. And then it's, I believe it's, I don't know. I know there's a Darwin's moth. I don't know if that fertilizes it or that's from somewhere else in the world. But anyways. That's wonderful. But yeah, so I'd really like to see some really cool plants. I like yeah. plants. I like orchids a lot. Go get some photos of some baobab trees. Those things are amazing. Yeah, I want to uh -huh. see a lot of chameleons. They have some really cool chameleons, too. Mm -hmm. like the ones lot that are endemic there. I want to put a replica of the baobab in my, in my yard. That would be awesome. And just stare it. Just get weird, you know? It would be awesome to have one. Fake ones. Just now, weird. could something like that, hypothetically, could something like that grow in your climate? You have a, you know, for being in the Northeast, you have like a subtropic climate. If, in, I was in shorts and a t-shirt all day, and I will be all week probably. I don't know. I don't know anything about them, you know, if they could take – because we do get freezing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I need dry. But, yeah, right. Yeah, and we get we do get – I mean, we're dry here, but we, we when it rains, it's like, oh, my God, you know. Another um, – the soil type. They live on pretty, pretty nutrient-less soil. There's nothing in the soil. Maybe like, I can. Back from Madagascar, and you plant them here. They just yeah. burn up. There's too much nitrogen. The soil's too rich. They've they've evolved to live in soil with like nothing. Yeah. So, Zach, you're multifaceted. I don't know anything about this stuff. I like plants a lot. I think they're really cool. Hey, you also like. Uh, you said you like to cook. So, is there anything you're like excited to eat over there or try? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have warned. I have been warned. Sweet, I like it. Try don't don't try weird things. Yeah. Only fruit that has not been peeled. Um, don't eat any red meat. Um, and why is that? Is it like a? Because it may be dog. Oh, gotcha. Okay. okay. Really wanna, oh, I would eat dog. I'm, I'm adventurous. I'm not going to do. Eat dog. I, I think I would. Like, it, it just depends on what it tastes like. Yeah. You know, until you try it, yeah. Tastes like I'm not a bad person. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Anthony, have would, you eat, would you eat human meat if it tasted amazing? I think it depends on who we'd be eating. What? Yeah, it really depends on who. Mm -hmm. Like, I would eat one of you guys, but, you know, in Madagascar, like some random person who, like, Died of dysentery, you know. Huh. You but like that of you guys, I would eat. I, I would know. just cry. I would just cry and keep shoveling it in like I do anyway at dinner. Yeah. Well, that wasn't funny. Seriously? No, I, I, I want to. I want to laugh. I'm afraid to though. <laughs> Is there an echo? Did you not hear that? I thought that was real. No, we heard it. We, we heard. We heard it. All right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Well, There's a knock at the door. I think it's the local police. <laughs> you know, saving radiated tortoises, cannibalism, it's all the same. It, it, it's funny how fine the line is between those two things. You're right. Just saying. Minto's texting somebody. I had a... Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Did you have, did you have something in your mailbag, Minto? No, no, this was a personal thing that I needed to respond to. Is somebody out there like to ask a question so we could test Minto again, see if he gets it right? Yeah, so oh, this, uh -oh, is, not a, uh, this, this is not a question, but um, Anthony, well, you know, one neat book from, it's coming from Minto's mailbag. All right. Yes, he did it, and he delivered it. He looked right at the camera. Look at that. Look at his teeth. Hold on. I got you. Oh, Give me one real. moment here. 
Wink after you oh, say. Take your, take your time. Yeah, you gotta do. Yeah, you gotta do a wink. You see, listen to Zach. All right, that was. <laughs> I'm young, this should be a guitar riff. Like, Row. Yeah. I'm, I'm going off screen for a moment. What? Where's your mailbag? It should be right next to you. Minto's mailbag. He said he was going to say something. <laughs> he just did it. <laughs> Here we go. Hold on. What is happening? Oh, God. Oh, no way. mailbag. Oh, it's all white. Yeah, I don't know what to do for that. Oh, it's even worse. Oh, I like that. We'll plan better I next like, time. I, have to figure I like out. when you rolled off the screen and then set it in the corner. Like we hear Yeah, me. I know. I should have muted it like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Anthony, in the bookshelf behind yeah. you, what is the most interesting book you have there? Or uh, one neat book from the shelves behind you? Ooh, good question. Who, who wrote that? Uh, that was Jeremy Thompson. He is coming, coming no. correct tonight. He's on it. He's not messing around. Um, mm-hmm. I have uh, Luis Agassiz's um, North American Turtles books from 18, 1857. It's beautiful, that book. Yeah. Yeah, they're terrific. And they're in, like, amazing shape. They look like they're new. Chris has some Testudo books. Congratulations. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're from, no, they're actually not Testudo books. The um, British Colonia Group sent me about 8,000 of these um, journals. And it's called Testudo, but, like, you know, this one's on pancake tortoises, this one's on sea turtles, this one's on sea turtles, this one's on sea turtles. You know where I'm going with that. Um, <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Nobody asked, nobody asked you, Chris. You were too slow. You got away from I'm the not too slow. Okay, look at it. Uh, okay. There we go. Can you blurry. see me? Ultra blurry. blurry. Damn. So my wife got this for me for um, Steve. Can anyone hear that you're talking right now, or are we just awkwardly silent while we listen? No, to we're you? just awkwardly silent while you. We got to get better because <laughs> we're all just get quiet just because Steve's talking to us and nobody knows he's talking. No, that's fine. Well, we can play. Zach could play uh, name that species off your blurry uh, icons. I think it's a turtle. <laughs> Good guess. I don't know where the background thing is he's talking about. Is that a serpentina? See a long tail. I don't know. Well. Oh, oh, oh. They're starting to come into focus now. A little bit. Oh, they're gone. Bye. I think we can move forward with the blurry book. Keep moving to the side. Oh, we almost had it. I shot it. I shot the book. Now you're staring at my boobs. Well, why don't so, you tell us what the book is? I'll tell you what the book is. So the book is um, um, from 1857, and it is gorgeous. It has some of the most beautiful plates, like, ever. Yeah. And, like, to think about, like, this is before, like, the Civil War, and the animals in the book look amazing, like, better than anything you could imagine even seeing, like... Even better than a Peterson's field guide drawing? Yeah. Those are unbelievable. They're amazing. And it's the original book. And my wife bought it for me for uh, my birthday. And yeah. Yep. I bought you a book for your birthday and you turned it around. You turned it away. No, no, no. You had an extra. You tried to give me. No, no. I bought this book for you and you said, I already have this book. That is not even true. 
Just because you have it doesn't mean the story you made up is true. Why do I need Turtles of Venezuela? Maybe you're going to go to Venezuela. Maybe you need to know what you're going to see in the field. I I don't think I'm traveling anywhere with two kids anytime soon. Yeah, it's tough to get to your house. house. It is. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. So, Zach, yeah. um, I had written this species down before because um, I wanted to ask you about them. And um, when we were just talking before about one of the questions that you got, you know, if there was something that you wanted to work with, but you're already working with uh, Crassicolis, right? Yes. Black pond turtles. So, for anybody that doesn't know, um, for our, anim um, our animal management, you know, we're trying to compile um, some species that we're going to focus on for turtle room projects. And I had reached out to our members to see um, what different species, you know, we thought might be good. You know, and I said they don't need to be endangered. Not everything has to be endangered. Not everything has to be threatened, you know. Um, and we, as the turtle room, we tend to focus on a lot of different things. You know, some of us have very common species. Some of us have species so rare you shake when you're holding them, you know. But it's a nice, broad uh, spectrum. What is it about that species? Now, I already know from, you know, talking a little bit through email about this. What is it about that species that you think is so important with them? Because you had brought up a good comment um, the other day in our chat about how, you know, the trend is we, we wait for animals to reach an endangered status before we do anything about it, which is really it's, it's 2020 and, we, and, and it's kind of ridiculous that we're still doing that. You know, we, we need to do something before <clears throat> the animal gets that status, right? Correct. I 100% believe that. Um, I believe that there should be some kind of, I don't know, formulation or, or, or algorithm, whatever, that we could, I mean, we as a group could compile it. Um, reproductive rate, how many eggs do they lay, mm -hmm. right? How often do they lay? Right. Um, do they house well in captivity? Mm -hmm. uh, what is the importation rate, right? Mm -hmm. Are they just put in bags and shipped over here and shipped all around the world? Um, those are all really important things that I think we should focus on. So as Crescicolis, using them as an example, they lay one egg to two eggs, right. maybe two or three times a year, um, but the thing is, I know many people, not many, sorry, I know three other people that have them and two people get eggs and they're never fertile. I have a friend that's gone through that too. Right. And there's one person that I know and one person that I've heard of that get eggs, but they get two eggs a year that are fertile, you know, and develop and then they'll go four or five years or two or three years Without anything. No eggs at all. Yeah. You know? And it's 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 scary that there's there are many species that are like that. Yeah. They're so unreliable at reproduction. <clears throat> if the wild would have such a, a, a an absolutely almost zero adult mortality rate mm -hmm. that not having a backup solution to that is it's a death it's a death cry um it th that's that's a great point to make there too and because and you know what's you know you have an animal that's not laying that many eggs fertility is, is a mess or not or maybe there's just things that aren't understood about them yet it's because nobody's really trying to understand them you know yeah. and you know if you if you if you single out the pet trade for, for a minute there or the hobby you know for someone who's got a 
make a living off them, they're not necessarily a, a good species to target because worse there's now. no consistency. Consistency. So there's that already. So there's there's that aspect where they're not getting the respect they deserve. Now you're getting it from you're getting it from everybody, really, because you know one trend that that tends to be followed, whether you're a conservationist or a preservationist or both, or you're just in the hobby or you're just you know a part of an organization that's trying to save these things in situ. You, you do tend to get both sides focusing on a lot of the same species, something that's pretty, something that's coveted, when these other species that maybe they're just black, that deserve the same amount of respect as everything else, are falling to the wayside. You know, So I, I really like that you had picked that species. I think that, that that species, among many other species that are in the same boat in terms of reproduction or looks or uh, lack of understanding their proper husbandry, um, they deserve more respect. They should be focused on in many different ways, whether it's conservation or not, you know, um, you guys have anything to add to that? Nope. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, buddy. So high five? Can I start out about real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the reason why I like them the most, they're incredibly delicate, they're hard keepers, but once you get them stabilized, they, they're, they're, I'm not going to say bulletproof, but they're pretty hardy. Mm -hmm. It's getting them stabilized is hard. They eat whatever you put in there. Um, one good thing going for them is that they're not really edible. You can't really eat them because they contain so much mercury. Wow. The methyl mercury in them would kill us. Mm. So you can't eat them. So that's good that they're not actually eaten. And if they yeah, are, yeah. that's bad for the people, <laughs> really bad. Um, another thing is that they have sex chromosomes. They have an X and Y like we do. Wood turtles. Yeah, right. Exactly like wood that's, turtles. I, yeah. I never knew that about them, so thank you for telling me that because I, I, you know, I, that's one of the things that I always thought was incredible about wood turtles. Yeah, and it's. I, I thought that was my mind because I think of. I I just always thought of turtles being temperature dependent, you know, uh, and they don't have that. And Crassicalis, I believe, are fairly primitive turtles. Um, they're related to Latensis. It's the only other one in the genus. Mm -hmm. um, I know Latensis is very primitive. Um, one thing that we don't know, though, is if Latensis has sex chromosomes. Mm -hmm. Because do you think Sabina, um, the Latensis lady, the Palawan lady, she handled the crisis over there. I've emailed her a lot and talked to her a lot about it. And she doesn't even know. She's the only one to have fully documented and raised a captive bred and hatched a hatchling latensis. But you okay. can't determine anything off of one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, sure. you know, that just further backs it up that, that you know, it's, it's a great pick for, for, you know, a focal point because they're, they're species that needs it. We don't know anything about them. And, you know, Burmese stars, okay, I know firsthand experience with them and anybody else that's keeping them and breeding them will tell you there's, there's a was functionally extinct species, okay, yeah. critically endangered, right? They can't stop laying eggs and reproducing, okay? Once they get going, it, we got that one figured out. You know, that, that's, you know, wow, you know, so if we could do it with one species or at least figure out the secrets behind them, then, you know, some of these other species deserve the respect and the attention to figure that out with them, you know? So, um, I think that's great. Um, I just want to say real quick, a couple closing remarks, cause I think it's starting to get a little late. 
Um, I think what you're doing for us is awesome. I love it. Uh, please keep it up with those educational posts. Um, they're, they're great. They're really awesome. I've learned a lot from it, you know. Um, and uh, I can't wait to see the photos and hear how Madagascar goes because th th that's, uh, that's incredible that you're, get you're getting to go over there, you know. So uh, I don't know what Minto, what happened to him. It looks like he went looking for his mailbag in another room or something. <laughs> I lost my mailbag. He's gone. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, so if I could just say, um, so anyone who wants to support Zach, um, the the Turtle Room is is helping support his trip there. We're very proud of that and excited about that. So if you're interested in supporting Zach and helping get him to Madagascar, which is happening regardless, um, but you can do that by donating to the Turtle Room. We're a 501c3, um, and if I can just, I got, I figured out how to not blur my background, so there it suck it, Leone. Can you see those? <laughs> yeah, they look like turtles. There is a collider yeah. there, and is that a, is that a common? There's some musk turtles. That reminds me of that Peterson field guide, that just those unbelievable realistic drawings, you know? I used to drool over that book, you know, when I was a kid. Kind of still do. It's weird. This is from 1857. That's unbelievable. It's like some of the best. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's just some of the, some of the best. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. That's incredible. great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's a source of pride. And Jeremy asked about it. Jeremy asked a lot of questions. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, thank so, you, I wanted to be able to share that. So, anywho. Um, for anyone who's interested, the next episode is, will be April 6th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. Um, we're looking to have potentially Yun Ro back on, the, the Turtle Monk, because everything got messed up so much last um, podcast with the quality. We're hoping that this one was a little bit better for you guys, and we're going to have to check that out um, and make sure so that we didn't waste... Zach's precious time. Um, that's my biggest fear is that we're having these guests on and wasting their time in addition to the viewers. But I mean, poor Zach has to sit here and sit through the whole thing. I mean, if it's really bad, then I guess suppose people could just turn it off. But Steve from the background said that people were really uh, tuning in and staying tuned in. This. I didn't think it was that bad. No, we're going to continue fine tuning things. And, and you know, it's uh, it's it's coming together. And I mean mostly the back end, sure. like, like the recorded version and, and the streamed version. What we're seeing is pretty good. A couple yeah. echoes. We'll see. We're, we're still working through it. And hopefully people, um, those of you who are watching, um, you know, decide to kind of stick through it with us. So we really appreciate that a lot. And I think it's, you know, when it's, when it's as, like, stark uh, a thing as it's been, as, as obvious a thing as it's been for the last couple shows, you know, there's yeah. nothing that you can do besides... Um, Besides just owning up to it and being transparent in what we're trying to do to make it better. So that's where we're at right now. Thank you again. Um, thank you, Zach, so much. You've been an awesome guest. Um, sorry you. we kind of talked your ear off a little bit um, in the beginning, but it was great to get to know you better. We're super excited about what you're doing and super grateful for what you're doing. So thank you. Thank yeah, you thanks, for... Zach. Um, be safe out there. Um, I guess don't eat anything. Yeah. You know, bring a lot of beef jerky. Uh, I need yeah, that. There you go. I need yeah, to, yeah. I need to go into Madagascar diet. Yeah. Uh, 
Michael Skip said yeah. it went. Didn't he get really sick? Did he? Oh, yeah. I thought I remember him saying something like that in his talk, did he? Yeah. Or he was talking about that afterwards? Well, hey, listen. Um, again, thank you. Um, this was a lot of fun. This was great. Um, ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know, you are listening to the podcast, the one and only podcast where a bunch of handsome men get together and talk about turtles. Uh, but maybe we'll be branching out a little bit, right? Maybe we'll be talking about some other things, um, like lizards and salamanders and snakes and cannibalism, whatever. Cooters. Yeah. Cooters. I'd like uh, to talk, talk about why I didn't get the popcorn memo. Well, well, you're not getting a popcorn memo until you learn that it's Minto's mailbox. It's not, oh, I got a question mail, from the chat. Mailbag. You don't even know. Well, oh. ah, you know, that's going to be a debate then. Mailbag, mailbox. Minto's mailbox. Mailbag, yeah. Then you got to carry the mailbag. Bag. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that his menthol with his mailbag over there? His mailbag over there. Listen, I'll have a uh, I'll have a graphic up for next next uh, episode. Graphic. Uh, I'm not Mailbag. Jingle and uh, mustache, please. Mustache, you got you? it. I'll add a mustache on. How you doing, Kevin Minto? Good to meet you. Hey, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Let me check my mailbag real quick. Listen, if you want to stay in here for like 30 more seconds, I can go make this into a mustache. I can keep my mustache mailbag. Let's leave the suspense for April 6th. Let's see. Is Minto going to do it? Listen, if I shave, my wife says I'll click a Q-tip, so I don't know if that's going to happen. I see it. I see it. I really see it. I can't unsee it. Yeah. Well, anyway. So gross. All right. All right. Bye, Bye, guys.